want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. Good afternoon, Meat Suits, and welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 182. Oof. We have now done as many episodes as the number of times Mark Hoppus, Tom DeLong, and Travis Bark blinked. <laughs> <laughs> they had a no drum they had a drummer before Travis Bark. Oh, did they? Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, but I'm still impressed that uh, you knew that. Deep Were you cuts a big- with Chris Smith. <laughs> All right, speaking of uh, numerology that doesn't make a lick of sense, this week we're talking about the 2009 Nick Cage film, Knowing. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a sequel, actually, to the 2007 Nick Cage film, Hypothesizing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, and, and stay tuned for the sequel to this, Everyone is Dead. <laughs> Nick Cage, dead and loving it. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, this or this week's episode is sponsored as always by audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep where you can get a free audiobook and it's sponsored by Helene or maybe Helen I don't know it's French there's like 30 accents on it hard to know how to say it uh, but she was awesome and we love her thanks for sponsoring Fuck yeah. uh, but she so she says this about knowing it felt a lot like watching what Snopes calls a glurge uh, so there's word one you can that? look up I, I don't know uh, really, it's super bad. No spoilers, but the end made me laugh a lot. The CGI is something you will actually we- weep at or for. It's also kind of ableist. There's word number two you have to look up. Yeah. And, and the science <laughs> is bad. And Nick's character character acts really dumb. It does have a hot dog, though. So. Yeah, more there, than one. There was that. Yeah. yeah. Dad's special Sunday hot dogs. On the run. <laughs> oh, it says, according to Urban Dictionary, glurge is a word used to describe the syrupy sweet mass emails that are sent to unwilling participants. You mean... Um, I got TV tropes here. Glurge mm-hmm. is the body of inspirational tales which conceal much darker meanings than the un- uplifting moral lessons they purport to offer, oh, or which yeah. undermine their messages by distorting and fabricating historical fact in the guise of offering, quote, true stories. Um, As I think I'm right here. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, can we just agree that's a syrup? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna sure it's a floor wax and a dessert top. Yeah. I'm gonna give no, it. Does feel that? Like here's a story about a kitty. Look at the kitty. He goes to. The, he goes over there. He goes over there. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like it's very. <laughs> If you want to force us to read uh, or watch any topic of your choice, go to readdestry.com slash sponsor. We appreciate very much everybody who has sponsored episodes so far and will in the future. You get a free Space Shark t-shirt while supplies last, and you get to choose anything under the sun for us to cover. Now, let me introduce you for the panel for, to the panel for the week. I'm your host. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Underthing Falcone. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your underthing. <laughs> Only one. Just Get someone to look at that, dude. I, uh, I, should, I just I hate the underscore in my Twitter handle, but I feel like I can't change it. Oh, man. Do you, you have like, too Twitter much brand handle? equity? Yeah, that's what I feel like. Do you have Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle like dysphoria where you, like, you feel bad about it no matter what? Yeah. Yeah, I ha- I'm sort of a 
underscorest. Yeah. If your underscore and your Twitter handle lasts more than eight hours, you might want to see a doctor. <laughs> so, Alex, is your other biggest regret that you didn't time travel back to 2004 and just take the Twitter handle Alex? Yes. Oh, man, what a nice thing that would be. I wonder who Ad Alex is. Uh, I have very few regrets, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of them, but only trivial regrets. Uh, let me introduce you the rest of the panel. Uh, also joining me today, some of my great friends. In San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. Alex, I'm going to give you a locket. One day you'll understand what it is. Hopefully soon, because it's a locket, and it's not too hard to understand. <laughs> a picture of me and your mom. <laughs> you guys get it? It's a locket. <laughs> All right, I'll draw a diagram. Okay. <laughs> also joining us today, in uh, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. Chris Smith. Hey, you might think I'm a stalker, but uh, here, have a black rock. Have another black rock. Don't get too close. I scream light. <laughs> you seem all right with me. Let me give you. Let me give you my son. You seem, yeah. you seem mostly Swedish. I don't understand. Yeah. What? You're just a guy who doesn't talk and is tall and blonde. That's you are all. a peroxidist, my friend. <laughs> well, no, that one. I'm for it. That's I'm pro Swedish people. Uh, also joining us today, reporting live from our Seattle studios as well, Queen of the Cage. It's Tanya Davis. Hi, it's 1959. I have an angry slash terrified resting face, and my favorite har- habits are carving. <laughs> resting face? My re- yeah, no, she never had a regular, like, just like normal, like, little kid resting face. Her face was constantly like... <laughs> just never yeah. heard the phrase resting face, but I like it. Yeah, you know how some people have angry resting faces. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely had the terrifying resting face. That's well yeah, said. Yeah, I felt like yeah. she was like Omen from that movie, The Omen. <laughs> you mean Damien? But it's the kid's name wasn't in Omen? The, in the movie The Omen, like all you had to do was like look at the kid and people would be like, ha, 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 ha. And in this one, they were like, why aren't you drawing a picture? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did kind of ignore the fact that she had the generic kid from a horror movie look the whole time. Yeah, and yeah. that part where she just had like a white dress on for no reason and then like a yellow balloon and like the angriest face, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, it's just, this is the public school system in America these days. There's no, no, no children recognized as omens. <laughs> you know what? As I miss, I miss the funding, uh, the super fund, funding from the '50s. You know, back before we had to worry about uh, you know crowding in schools and, yeah. and, and you know all well, our tax dollars getting pissed away. I like how the, in the in the modern school system they they don't bother to separate out omens. Now it's more of an integrative solution. Yeah, that's I right. My child that's the problem, though. That's an a... omen kid only class. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shuttled to omen junior high. <laughs> you know what's great about, about her, though, about Lucinda? She hella gets married. She does hella and get married. She stays creepy, but somebody married her. <laughs> somebody saw her and went, damn, gotta get me a piece of that. <laughs> somebody was like, isn't she lovely? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'd yeah. love to see the like, 16 Candles version of Omen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. Let's uh, summarize this movie now in case, you guys, in case you guys haven't seen it yet. Uh, Chris. Yes. Why don't you summarize the film Knowing in the style of many people whispering at the same time. If possible, make that last for the entire first hour of the podcast. <laughs> well, I think I how are you doing that? It's creepy. I wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> That's exactly what the movie is like, you guys. Okay, so 
First, Check first it. season of Lost. That's all it is. First season. Of Lost. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. Yeah. Oh God. Tape. <laughs> Okay, so check it. Back in 1959 in Lexington, Massachusetts, there's this elementary school, and an elementary school student named Lucinda. And Lucinda has kind of a creepy look about her for a seven-year-old. But it's 1959, it's the space age, this is all starting, so the kids are excited. They're going to start a time capsule project. So they're going to put notes and, and drawings of what they think the future is going to be like into a time capsule to be released in 50 years. I don't understand this plan at all, by the way, that's like, draw a picture of what 2009 will look so that people in 2009 can see it, because, like, you're just making fun of yourself. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, like, what if you're right? Well, if you're right, then 2009 is like, yeah, we know, we're here. Yeah, but it's also, you know, the dreams that these little kids are going to get preserved for the ages. I mean, mean, basically all it is is you want a bunch of kids to open this, like, pony keg that they buried in 2009 and go... No, there are not flying cars. You guys all blew it. <laughs> no, yeah, there it's just like been, though. <laughs> I oh would, man, here in two thousand nine, let's see some uh, some early concept art from the Jetsons, like as drawn <laughs> yeah. by seven year olds. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so the kids all put the pictures, except for Lucinda. Even though it was her idea, she is just scrawling numbers across the page like a crazy person. Like it's all just numbers. And then the teacher takes away the paper. She's really pissed. And then she goes down, like when they're burying the time capsule, she goes down to the to the um, to the basement and starts scrawling at the door and they find her and she has bloody fingers it's all very 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 creepy smash cut to 2009 where for a Nick second, Cage sorry, is a Chris, widower for a second yeah. Chris I thought she was just like the creepiest pie memorizer that's ever lived yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the worst at it also right well I kept waiting <laughs> for them to scroll up and scan up to the top of the page and it would start with 3.14 I'm like well, yeah I get it you get you know a lot of pie very impressive anyone here's the thing anyone could invent the, the like the next like you know 2,000 numbers of pi. As long as you get 3.14, you're, like, set. Everyone else. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you sound confident. Plausible. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, in 2009, 50 years later, Nick Cage is a professor of astronomy or astrology or something at MIT. <laughs> Making and a hot his dog. son goes to Lucinda's school. It's still there. And, uh, and uh, he's there when the time capsule gets open, and his son is the one who gets the letter. And normally it'd just be a creepy letter, but there start to be coincidences and whisperings and it turns out that Nick Cage realizes that 9-11-2001 is predicted with the uh, exact casualty count of those attacks and he realizes the entire thing is code this letter has been predicting every major catastrophe since 1959 what is the cutoff for major because it wasn't every catastrophe no there were somewhere it was like a quarter of a million of people in Asia or 80 people in a nearby town yeah I was weird I was wondering because basically like you have to write numbers for a long time if you had the date and the lat long for every person dying yeah yeah. Just, just for right. car accidents, that would take hey, you years yeah. to write. Yeah. So Nick Cage already has kind of a drinking problem in this movie, but this sends him At one point, he has edge. a pouring problem also where he overfills his glass. <laughs> That's right. He has a problem literally getting it into the glass and then drinking. But there are these blonde guys with fingerless gloves that start to show up. and they They're give all him- Jared Leto. No, yeah. they're they, <laughs> they all look like Jared Leto from Fight and, uh, They all look like a skinny Jaws. Yeah, they do, but they, they give they give his son this black rock, and, you know, they just give these black rocks, and you're like, what the hell is going on? Nothing's being explained. So anyway, he decodes more of it, and it turns out that there's also latitude and longitude in the note, so we can figure out where it's going to happen and when it's going to ha- happen and how many people are going to die. And it's just crazy. Disaster is imminent because at the end of the page, guys, the end of the page, instead of a number of people dying, it says E.E., 
which we learn later means everyone else. Oh fuck! So um, he he meets up with uh, Rose Byrne, who who plays Lucinda's daughter, Lucinda from 1959, and she has a daughter. So Nick Cage and his son, and Rose Byrne and her daughter, the four of them are tracking down. Because what's creepiness going on. Uh, is a recessive trait; it skips a generation. It does, it does. Because also, apparently, the little girl's been hearing these voices, and Kayla's been hearing these voices, and everything is just get, going to shit because there's this big disaster coming. And we can't do anything because we can't stop it. So the end of this movie happens where the disaster happens and everyone on Earth dies, except it turns out the weird blonde guys were angels or aliens. And they take away Angel's son and Rose Byrne's <laughs> daughter to start a new human race on another planet. Which reminds me of my favorite Disney movie, Aliens in the Outfield. <laughs> really Starring like a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> And it a really? lesser-known Disney movie called Fuck to Live, starring <laughs> children. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that is the, the worst part of this all, is it's like, here are two seven-year-old kids apparently going to have to repopulate Wheat Planet now. It's just <laughs> them and rabbits as like a hint? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty bad. But let's before we talk about how bad it is, let's uh, get some compliments in there. So and, uh, Tanya is the guest. You have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment, the first half of our compliment sandwich. Which do you prefer? Um, I can go first. I have kind of an unfocused compliment. <laughs> okay, good way to start. Um, so in the opening parts of this movie, I just I kept on like considering it as other movies, which was kind of a fun exercise. So like the the scene really it's the the scene when we meet Nicolas Cage's character, whose name is like John, John. Boring Face. I don't remember <laughs> what his last name is. They all have really boring and forgettable names for some reason. But so we we cut to him in the classroom and he's doing the inspiring teacher thing, but it's all like shaky handheld camera, so it feels like dangerous minds. But it's like also like clean and well lit, so maybe not. And he's like tossing around these like scale replicas of like Earth and the sun and asking kicky questions to all these like <laughs> good-looking and diverse students. Um, and then, MIT does not have that many girls. But, he, but it, like does it doesn't have, have four but girls. It has, no, but it has two to three black girls in the front row. Everybody's clean and happy and, wearing, and using the same laptop. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so then it seems like maybe he's, he's getting all like fancy with astronomy. So I was like, oh, maybe this is sort of like goodwill hunting, but it, with astronomy instead of math. And dead wives instead of the glass ceiling of the American class system and an impending natural disaster instead of Robin Williams. <laughs> it's not what, what your fault. You it's a solar flare. It's a solar flare. Wait, um, what if the reason you couldn't like advance past your current like, you know, station in life was just because there's a layer of dead wives above you? <laughs> that would be horrible. Exactly. Well, because yeah, because he has like the paunchy sexist colleague that like strolls up and says something horrible about some lady they both know. It's, like, it it's just, always been very hard to break the widow ceiling. It's a very <laughs> it's a tough thing. Uh, was that your unfocused that compliment? Was my, yeah, more? my compliment was basically just that it made me think of all the other movies that are better than this movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's good. It's uh, stealing from a good pantheon. Uh, yeah. Chris, why don't, you, why don't you go second? Okay, so one of my favorite movies of this ilk, and not the world ending, but just I know things are going to happen, is Final Destination 2, sure. which gleefully kills off a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's this minor, ultimately meaningless 
sequence where Nick Cage knows that 80-odd people are going to die in New York. Uh, so he goes to New York to try to stop it. He thinks it's a terrorist attack because he's, you know, racist. Um, it turns out it's, it's just a subway accident. But there's this part where a subway goes off the rails, a subway train, and it gets onto the platform, and it's just hitting person after person it's, after it person. It's like splat, the side splat, splat. Of the station. It's, oh, my God. It does oh, like an so ollie. And then yeah, like a, it's kind yeah. of a neat trick, actually. Oh, man. And, and it just, it, the gleefulness with which it just treats these people like uh, flies on a windshield. I wish we had gotten like a, um, like a Grand Theft Auto like overlay for that sequence. We could have seen the points that are racked up. Yeah, that's right. How many for stars that subway train was earning? Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding. <laughs> Well, that one, and I think the the airplane, the two disasters that he that he yeah like, the airplane goes to was the scene of to figure out if it's actually real. The plane like, crash is like cars backed up on a freeway, and then a plane crashes where it like on its wing like skids through all of the cars. And oh then, yeah, and it would have taken Nicolas Cage's car out. Like it, specifically, the wing scrapes the ground and would have sheared his car in half. Yeah. And then he would have caught fire because everybody in that scene caught fire. Yeah, well, the funny thing is that Nick Cage then, this is my, my other favorite thing about this disaster, is that he's a professor of astronomy. But what he does is he's the first guy who just sprints towards the disaster and he tries to help people. But they're burning alive with jet fuel. So, like, he's not going to help them. Even putting a blanket over it isn't really going to help them. And he pulls a guy from the wreckage who's struggling for his help. And then immediately once he's on the ground, clearly the guy was moving. But then Nick Cage starts administering CPR as if he's totally unconscious. Well, the like, guy was moving and yelling, help me, which yeah. would imply that his airway is not shocked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so hey, good. I, you know what I really could use is for a, a math professor to break my ribs right now. That would make me feel a lot better. <laughs> or, you know, if I'm running, screaming from the scene of a horrific plane crash, if someone could just throw me to the ground and put a blanket over me. Wait, he also, I mean, he also does this thing where he runs up and he's like, I run it up, can't help you. And then he, no, you're on fire too. And then he, well, I can't help you either. He just, uh, this is also about my pay grade. Man, I wish I was a doctor of something useful. He's more like window shopping of, of danger. That's He's not, he's not actually Someone has like anybody. a stubbed toe. You're like, yeah, I think this is my speed. All right. You got to, Here's a place where I can have the biggest impact. I was just thinking, <laughs> the classic uh, moment on the plane where they're like, is somebody here a doctor? And then he gets up and is like, I'm a doctor of astronomy. <laughs> and everyone's like, sit down. And then, he was, and then he insists on helping anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my compliment Aww. is uh, that I, they one of the things they did really well in this film is they perfectly captured what the news is like during a breaking tragedy. Uh, oh, so during the so? point where the sun is destroying the entire Earth with a physically impossible solar flare, uh-huh. uh, there's a news report. They cut. They sh- like they're watching TV and they show the the, the news anchor and he says, "quote We're going to stay on the air as long as possible. All we can say <laughs> is what we've been saying all morning." That yeah, is exactly how like live news during tragedy is. It's like we have nothing new to add, but we are going to talk until we die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you guys see the uh, the Super Bowl. It was just like, well, lights still out. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, yeah, there, there seems to be a, a power failure. Uh, we've uh, talked to our people down the sidelines. No one knows what's going on, but we're here, you guys. They're all like yeah. ruffled, bringing like, you the news. Been through. And the other thing, like the thing they've been saying all morning, was like, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Stay indoors. The sun Stay is going to kill us. Possibly <laughs> dig a hole. We're not sure. Or buy some ice cream. You deserve it. How about that? <laughs> it's all going to melt anyway. <laughs> all right, Ez, what's your uh, major compliment? Um, so say what you will about Nicolas Cage as a father in this one. He is a fantastic wing, wing, wingman. All right? <laughs> He's just... Um, so... 
he's about to get saved, Nicolas Cage is, um, by the aliens who are taking uh, his son and a uh, creepy girl um, up to New Earth. Apparently the angels are saying that, you know, that Nicolas Cage doesn't get to come uh, along with, uh, you know, on this journey to New Earth. And he's just like, you know what, son, you go without me and you get yours. Um, <laughs> I will not be a cock block here. Good luck. You and this girl seem to have good chemistry. You're both very creepy. You both like the same music, which is whispers in your ears. <laughs> and, um, you know, I hope you hear you... the new single from... <laughs> <laughs> I like the earlier stuff better. Did you see Nick Cage's earlier interactions with his son as cock-blocking him? Well, you know, a lot of it was just... Lot, Nicholas Cage's main main things was just wait in the car. Yeah, you know, well, that's right. I wrote that down. I felt like, but that was like facilitating. <laughs> yeah, the working title of this film was Nick Cage tells somebody to wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> wait in the car. I'll take care of it. It could have been a helping hand. But if like, yeah, I guess yeah. When he, when he told them, he's like not even like useful at drive, dealing with the situation. <laughs> ten times where they go somewhere and he gets up. You guys wait in the car, and then he goes and tries to solve it. I mean, I'd rather here in the Ford truck of safety. Yeah. <laughs> well, just an- another title for this movie is just uh, "Privileged White Guy Overestimates His Powers of Helpfulness." <laughs> and away she goes. Now I know that I know she knows. Now I want to move on to our anchor segment, today, our hate segment. Uh, today we're just going to be hating. Oh, that's all we're doing. If you prefer, the alternate title to this game is "You Hate in the Car." <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. That's good. Okay, good. Um, you know, I, again, I think just Nicolas Cage not being great at understanding like mortality, how it works, and all that. Um, like the son asks, "Are we gonna die?" And Nicolas Cage says, "No, I will never let that happen." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like, aside from, aside from aside from it being you know clearly going to happen very soon, very soon for most people. Like, the idea of just the ballsiness of it, of saying never. Yeah. Never dying. Nope. No, I have a good feeling about you. I think you're probably the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm confident. Also, uh, you know, we're on that new paleo diet. I'm pretty sure that'll be enough. I yeah. am drinking it's a lot of water, it's, guys. It's I'm feeling really good about my chances. It's just hot dogs <laughs> and whiskey for that guy. He's going to live forever. Oddly, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's the one who'd be preserved from all that. Yeah, he's pickled. Um... I, here's the the other thing about Nick Cage that's so funny in this movie is that he needs to have an other time capsule with a note that teaches him how to behave socially. Because oh, his because uh, yeah. his thing like when he decides that that woman like the the daughter of the creepy kid is the one who's mm. the key to all of this, he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll stalk them to the museum, make normal conversation with her until we get some water. And then immediately tell her that you're stalking her and that you want to know about her mom. He gets he he's, all he could he could find a more natural way. He gets so close and then just totally can't make it smooth. Except that even when he meets her, he has the like frowny "my wife just died" face when he's like, "Hi." His, <laughs> like, his resting face is also very grieved. It's just super grieved. If there was one thing I've learned from random comedies, though, it's that that always ends up working in the long run. <laughs> I'm still really sad about my wife dying. You should bed me. <laughs> you should bed. <laughs> That's uh, that Does this line work very well for you, Alex? It seems like it would. I am susceptible to it every time. I've yeah. slept with more guys because of that. <laughs> well, if I should bed you, I guess I will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Hey, speaking of hot things, I have a hate <laughs> on the uh, the moose that was on fire. Yes. So, there was really, I scene. love that rascally moose. There's Alicia Keys songs I was thinking of. They're like, this moose is on fire. <laughs> the moose. The moose. The moose, the is, moose on is on fire. fire. We don't need no water. Wait. This is an unfortunate harbinger of the terrible future to come. <laughs> burn, moose, burn. <laughs> The, the, the alien blonde guy shows the little kid in like a vision or dream the entire forest that they live near burning. And so there's all these animals who are on fire. Um, and one of them is just this moose who just, they do a huge close-up shot of um, of this moose bounding out of the a, forest a on fire. Moose. Yeah, CG, like obviously CG. And just kind of shaking itself trying to get off fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like there's a... so. This is, okay, that, two things. This is the most ineffective way to warn anyone of anything ever. I don't know what the hell these angel men were thinking. Like, why would you, why would you try to communicate this through a bunch of numbers sent to children? <laughs> so, so basically, we're, we're deep in the angel man plan. And Wait a second. this Hold part of the plan involves showing up in somebody's nightmare to be like, look outside, everything's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're trying to convince these kids to get onto Noah's space arc, there is a better way to do it than to like give them creepy nightmares for ten years before you pick them up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it feels like what what's the what's the plan? Also, like, what do you think New Earth like Wheatland is going to be like if you just have all these mentally fucked up kids without their parents? It's just who it's now have ju- to like it's just just horror movie children the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's just a land of <laughs> omen guys. <laughs> just, I was gonna say it's just wheat o- omen and bunnies. I yeah. have a feeling that the like the angel men only saw Blue Lagoon and were like, well, that seemed to work. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that on that planet, though, since everyone's so creepy, their creepy movies are like Disney movies? <laughs> <laughs> they watch like Cinderella and they're like horrified. Yeah. <laughs> All those smiley resting faces. I hate it. <laughs> Oh, man, nobody drowned in a bucket of their own blood. <laughs> That's like the cold open for every comedy for them. Yeah, like, they're like, ah. <laughs> There's it's no funny because it's true. <laughs> All their books are written in fingernail scratch blood. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a terrifying planet. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll burn up with uh, my religious father. Thank you. This ad was neither required nor approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. The end is nigh. Buy some shit. Meanwhile, in the alien planning room. Well, looks like the world's about to be destroyed, just like we predicted for the last 2,500 years. Just want to make sure that everyone knows what they're supposed to do next so we can pull this off without a hitch. Transportation? I am to collect all of the humans. Great. And resettlement. I found a lovely new planet that looks kind of like the Garden of Eden, if you're on acid and you love wheat. Works for me. Now let's just go over how we let all of the humans know where to go, and we can call it a day. Edgar. Well, I've been whispering to small school children for the last 50 years. Huh. Also, I give them stones. That doesn't sound like a great idea. No, 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 no. It's awesome. I give them a bunch of numbers corresponding to horrific events that they can't prevent, and then I make everyone think that they're crazy. Edgar, I know we don't criticize much in our culture, but I just don't see how that would work. If they can't prevent what's going to happen, why would you come to them with that knowledge? And why would you make it so goddamn cryptic? Because numbers are cool, boss. 
Look, no one is saying anything bad about numbers. We all like numbers, don't we, guys? Oh, yeah, numbers sure. are great. I really... Numbers. So, how many kids should this work with? Uh, about 12. 12? The ship holds billions. Oh, and two white rabbits. The fuck is wrong with you, Edgar? You had 2,500 years to come up with a better plan. I can't believe this is what you did. Well, I might have wasted some of that time, it's true. Uh, But have you ever tried to find the best deal online for fleshlights? It's, like, really tough. You could have just gone to read-weep.com slash Amazon. Unbeatable prices, and it supports our favorite podcast, Read It and Weep. Oh, well, well, that's good to know. (laughs) Boom! I mean... For next time. Go to read-weep.com slash Amazon. Now delivering to Earth 2. We have wheat. Any brick? Any brick? Hey, so did you guys find the creepy parts actually creepy or am I alone in that? No, that was really creepy. I had to mute the, the whole movie for some parts of this. I just, I don't like the strings, you know? The strings? Oh, oh, the oh yeah, yeah, the the, yeah. the drama building string yeah, parts. It's like, oh, it's so tense. Why? Why would they? Why? Who invented violins and why do they suck? So I. W- <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I was in I was in a hotel because uh, I was on the road and I was like I put this off until after the show last night so I was super uh, tired and it was late and I was really freaked out and I had really? all the lights off in the room and I kept thinking that any minute now someone is going to bang on the door of my hotel room. And be like in a trench coat and a tall Swedish guy, and it's gonna scare me to death. Oh, and you think you're gonna get saved? I don't know. They were like there for the children. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wait, I th- wait, hold wait, on a second. You, no, 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 why were there children in your hotel room? <laughs> yeah. Why did you think they're coming for the children in your room? <laughs> no, here's somebody the thing. wasn't cock blocking your nine year olds. <laughs> here's the thing. At that point in the movie, we didn't realize that they were just there as like a an envoy from an alien species at the time i thought right. maybe they were murderers it was hard to tell it was really hard to tell but they kept not molesting the children it's true they, they had, they had ample opportunity in and the ford truck of safety and not <laughs> child molestation yeah but, uh. so i'm really freaked out and i'm afraid someone's gonna knock at the door at any point and it's just, i'm gonna shit myself because i'm gonna be so scared and then it doesn't happen and i go to bed and it's fine and the next morning i was talking to the uh lady at the front desk and she's like did someone bang on your door last night in the middle of the night and I was like, no, why? And she's like, apparently some guy just like lost his phone and went knocking on every hotel room door at like two in the morning trying to find it. And apparently I was asleep by the time that happened, but I just barely missed the thing that I, scared, I was most afraid of in the world happening. Wow. I was that really hoping that she was going to say, because my kid keeps writing these <laughs> random numbers. <laughs> Stupid sci-fi nonsense. Yeah. Whereas, I, I guess the moral of this, instead of, like, beware the creepy, is okay. like... What's the moral? The moral Wait, is you should resign yourself to fate. Well, it, yeah, it's sort of... There's a religious thing, you know, like, they keep referring to 1 Corinthians, and I did... I actually looked up 1 Corinthians, and it's a it's a story about how this spaceship came down and four Swedish guys in trench coat took away two kids. Oh. So, you know, boom. I, Actually, they say the Bible doesn't apply to real life. (laughs) So relevant. Can we we actually just for a second like sort of see like what are the alternate interpretations of this? What are the what are the other morals we can glean from this insane story? I mean, I I think the answer the more really this is aimed at children, and the moral is like, go ahead with the strangers; they won't hurt you. They're taking you to space. (laughs) 
Sometimes strangers are good people. Yeah, yeah just, just let them give you presents. Yeah. If they scream flashlights and give you stones, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, um, no, but my, my moral for the record, I think it's just that... I mean, it's, it's kind of a sad one, because I think it actually is true, is that Nicolas Cage probably won't save you. Oh. <laughs> it's true, guys. He probably he won't. probably won't save you. It, it, they did sort of imply... at the There's all those spaceships taking off, implying that there like, were separate alien plots all around here. Yeah, the they all just take a, you know, a couple of the most worthy, privileged children. Creepy in children. The entire, yeah. And, and then, but then and when they, they showed them getting off. dropped off on Wheat Planet, it was just the two kids and the, and the bunnies. Well, there were other ships. I think there were other ships. The children were getting... They were just coming uh, later? No, they were just spread out. They weren't, like, all, you know, having a meetup. Why would you repopulate a planet with just children? Like, why not bring people who have gone through puberty already? No, because the children are pure of heart. I think the bunnies were just, like, an arc mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you get a friend. The journey's long, so everybody gets a friend. Or maybe it was like oh, that was like a, it was an impulse buy kind of thing. I think. <laughs> like the bunnies were really close to the register. <laughs> they were exactly. They also got a People magazine. They also got like a pack of Trident. <laughs> no, honey, you could only here for the children. No, you, yeah, fine, you can have Swedish, some bunnies. Swedish angels just like oh, I can't say no to them. They're, they're really cute. <laughs> Or I thought they were just like in their space arc. They were like, let's get two of everything on Earth, and they like they put they put they were, went went about getting the kids in such a roundabout way that they were like, ah, oh, crap! The apocalypse is tomorrow, and all we've got is two kids and some rabbits. <laughs> yeah, it felt like man. What if there are like several different aliens all trying to save things and populate different planets, and this is like the, like kind of the bottom of the barrel kind of yeah, scraping. This, this movie is about the uh, the bumbling ones. Yeah. yeah. Each of the other Wait. ship got like ten scientists and and geniuses, <coughs> and this one was like, "What? Well, yeah, we, so stock we, up what? We got stock up early, you know? That's what I learned. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, well, kids don't go bad, right? It's just like like water. <laughs> so you just like get them, get them a lot early. Kids go bad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I, I mean, Lucinda, like they. This is yeah. another screwed up thing. Is like they whispered to Lucinda for like fifty years, and then she died. And they didn't, she didn't even get to go to the planet. And yeah. what the no, hell? Like, she, what was the co- like? What did that accomplish? Like, that's the thing. Like, what did she, that accomplish at all? It was just she, to get the numbers to the kid or to the yeah. the boy kid. Well, and her end of days trailer was like next to the rock field, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. What was the point of the rocks? <laughs> <laughs> it was just an easy way. Like, if if this were like you know alien stealer. CSI, like, they'd be like, oh, this type of rock only exists in this place outside of Boston, and then they would have gone to the field. Well, they covered yeah, but they, like, alien instead, semen testing on it? Because yeah. no deduction was ever done in this movie. Instead, it was just like, oh, here's a visual cue that something is different because rocks aren't usually No, I think what black. they did, they covered both of their bases because they gave the, the latitude-longitude of the rock place and a couple sample rocks. So it's like, whichever one of these gives you the most information... Yeah. I'm gonna right. give Depends, you are options. you a visual learner? Or do you learn better? <laughs> yeah, the, the rock there is for the kinesthetic like, learners. <laughs> There's a lot of like tweets like to hashtag like creepy rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I do have a kind of a, another alternate like I, I think I figured out how they found her, basically. It's sort of like um you know when you get like a C B radio, I guess, and you just like start talking into it, you don't know who's on the other end. Not a lot of people have these radios, maybe kind of That's thing. Right. These whisper uh, radios. So it turns yeah, out whisper uh, radios. I got an elementary school age girl. Yeah. It was like, well, I guess that's what we have to work with. Okay, let's see if we can save the world through her. 
No, just two kids and two rabbits. Okay, well, close enough. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe there's like a whole like MacGyver setup on the other end. Like we don't know what the aliens are putting up with. Like they were yeah. like, "You guys, we got this far. You would not believe what we've been through. <laughs> we had to cut the fingers off our gloves at one point. <laughs> it has been real tough out there. We ran out of food so several light years ago. <laughs> we had to eat the fingers of our own gloves. <laughs> That's the worst part of a glove. <laughs> we were trying to have a cookout. Our flaming moose got free and ran away. <laughs> we had very little money left in the torturing children budget. <laughs> no, no one would accept our stones as money. <laughs> we're really down to a skeleton crew of like a couple of guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they're definitely felons. I don't want to talk about what kind of kitty fiddling they did before they came to us. <laughs> Our translator is dead, so we can't actually speak English. We can just so stare at you and screams. <laughs> We swallowed all of our light bulbs. All right, let's uh, do the other second half of our compliment sandwich. We're going to go in reverse order from the first half. So, Ez, you are going to go first. Um, Last nice thing you're ever going to say about knowing. Nicholas Cage likes hot dogs. I like hot dogs. Do you? Yeah, they're pretty all right. I had a hot dog the other day. It was a turkey dog, uh, but it was called a, the bird dog. You know, like uh, bird dogging, I guess, is a, yeah, a thing. From the 50s. Uh, yeah. What is it? Anyone? Quick straw poll. Anyone know what bird dogging is? I'm, or can give I'm me gonna, a fake I'm, definition? I'm going to yeah. take a guess. I'm gonna, well, do you want a joke or a real thing? I'll take the joke, thank you, if it's good. Or the real thing, if it's better. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, I mean, a, a bird dog is, it's uh, its just when you make that really sad sound that the dog in Duck Hunt does when he doesn't get any d- birds, and he goes, I thought he was mocking you. No, I think he's sad. I think we've been over this on the podcast before. If only we had a set of numbers that would tell us, like, you're the right one, whether it was one or the other. Yeah, on... On two seventeen thirteen, one duck died. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so for my minor compliment, uh, I think the other thing to take away, this is not the message of the film, but it's something that I was reminded of by the film, uh, which is loot early. If you loot early, get, loot often? Yeah, if you want to get the good stuff, because it might be a real apocalypse, you know, so you're not going to have a lot of time to use it, you know? Plus, it turns out people start looting, like, they're like, there's a news broadcast. They're in the in a grocery store, and the TV comes on. It's like this is not a test. And some guy like grabs some chips and runs out. That's how long into the emergency broadcast it takes before people start looting. So yeah. it's gonna be gone if you don't get in there right away. Yeah, yeah. What what would you guys loot first? Out from a gas station or whatever. I'm from a gas station. It would definitely be like corn nuts or uh, or potato chips. I'd loot the helpful gas station attendant. <laughs> <laughs> you just steal him. And then Start like, recruiting people for your core squad. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talent first, and then you have a mission later. As you drag the helpful gas station attendant out, his uh, co-worker goes, You have to pay for that! <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'd get him to drag someone else out. You know, like, he'd just be like, it was like, okay, helpful gas station attendant, who should I loot next? We're going into kidnapping mode. Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> we need numbers. There might be tug of war later. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or oh, Red man. Rover. Yeah. Although, what better to loot when there's a heat wave and an impending apocalypse than the Slurpee machine? <laughs> Plug that shit in. He's like, you're, hide, you're you should go. go into the caves to hide from the solar flare. And someone's like, it'll never work. But the sun cannot penetrate Slurpee. <laughs> no, no matter how hot it is, Slurpees always make you feel better. Well, I think the point about the caves is there's really nothing to do there. So yeah. if oh, you survive, what kind of world is that? So you want like a deck of cards? I mean, oh, I think yeah. I would build a shelter out of Hershey, Hershey, uh, M&M's chocolate, you know, because it melts. Uh, oh, that's true. It never melts. It doesn't melt. It never in melts sun. in the apocalypse. Yeah. Just in your mouth. Yeah. It melts in your mouth, not in the apocalypse. <laughs> I would probably. <laughs> and eat not in the, the hand of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chris. What's your uh, minor compliment? My minor compliment actually uh, is a big shout out to the Ford Motor Corporation for building such a useful truck in the F-150. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Cage, improbably, oh. as an astrophysics professor, drives an F-150 around. Yeah. And he is able to He go... sort of lives in an abandoned, creepy mansion in the woods, so you need yeah. a truck to get out there. That's right. And to truck in, you know, more children. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, he, he goes everywhere. He he does a little jump. He does a little skid. Like, he's able to go over the stuff. And the car looks fantastic the whole movie. It's as though between takes, someone was polishing it and making sure that the Ford logo was visible at all times. Yeah, yeah. When I said the, the alternate title, what I really meant was the, the working title was Nick Cage tells someone to wait in the Ford F-150. That's right. Now with crew cab. Or no, it wasn't crew cab. It was just uh, extended cab. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> All right, Tanya, take us home. What is your last nice thing you're ever going to say about this movie? I really, I had a moment of, of genuine amusement and uh, laughing. <laughs> 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 That's right. English is my language. Um, <laughs> so after Nick Cage sends his child, well, his child off with the Swedish mannies, um, he, you know, picks himself up off the ground. The, you know, he's getting ready to be rotisseried to death, and he drives into um, Boston, downtown Boston, which is where you go during an apocalypse. You're just like, let's go into the city. <laughs> so, um, and he's seeing, you know, obviously pandemonium is reigning supreme. A lot Everyone's of looting everywhere. These are like the late looters, though. By now, all the good stuff's gone. Yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of like, for some reason, everyone like drove into an intersection and then just got out of their cars and started <laughs> pushing each other. Like, yeah. There's some stuff going on that doesn't make any it's sense. Like, well, this is a good place to push. It was just a flash mob is what it was. <laughs> yeah, and this is, and that means it's like all, on top of yeah. like 12 hours of newscasters being like, just stay inside, possibly underground. Everyone was like, let's run around outside. <laughs> um, but there's a random cut of like, uh, like sort of a shadowy corner and a woman runs by holding an umbrella. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> it might like, rain later, you guys. Yeah. Weather patterns are unpredictable. <laughs> I just love the idea that, the, that like some bitch was like, I need to be super prepared. <laughs> well, you're going to laugh at me now. Yeah, but... you, you guys are all going to get too much vitamin D, but not me. I was going to say. For... Yeah, cancer. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry about Monica. Monica's not going to freckle. Like, <laughs> what was she thinking? <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. That is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us for real. We really appreciate it. We will be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about the Illuminatus Trilogy. This is, uh, the book is sponsored by David, who said, quote, It's taken months of, re- of reading and rereading uh, to, to get to the point where I can tell you about half of what actually goes on in this book. So if anybody can wrap their heads around this confusing beast and do it sober, although that is optional, it's Read It and Weep team. Take her down! 
which is a great slogan for us. We should try that more often. Take her down. Take her down. Take her down. Take her I started down. reading this. It hurts in like new. It's like like the muscles you didn't know you had kind of thing. <laughs> are sore. Yeah, it wears it wears out muscles you didn't know you could get sore. It's I the cross country like skiing. Of my neck. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Uh, so that uh, thanks for sponsoring that episode, David. Uh, everybody else should look forward to that next week. We're certainly not, but you can. And thanks to Helene for sponsoring Helen. I don't know. Anyone want to take a guess at that, by the way? I think it's going to be Helen. Yeah, or Ellen. Ellen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Ellen. way better. Yeah. So thanks to... This one goes out to Ellen. <laughs> thanks to Helen for uh, sponsoring it. How can you have two accent marks? That just doesn't make sense to me. They're free, dude. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> <more> you want. <laughs> when she was born, she was like, her mom was filling out the birth certificate, and they were like, uh, accent marks, uh, buy one, get one free today. Yeah, dude, do you want an accent mark for that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, thank you. Uh, sorry about the racial insensitivity. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sponsoring. If you want to sponsor an episode, readdashfield.com slash sponsor. And if you have anything at all you'd like to say, questions, comments, go to, uh, send us an email, podcast at read-weep.com, or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash readweep. And we would love to answer your questions on the air or make fun of them on the f- Facebook. It's up to you. Please specify how to mispronounce your name in the funniest way when you send us an email. And uh, that's it. We'll be back again next week. Thanks, as always, for joining us, Chris and Ez. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for being here. Wow, what? (laughs) What? Ez turned into a sea monster. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. uh, And thanks for uh, joining us again to talk more Nick Cage, Tanya. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, Is there anything going on on the internet that you really like these days? Oh. Most of it? (laughs) Most of it? I don't know. Do you want to... Do you want to mention anything that you're a fan of? Uh, Diet and exercise? Uh, Google? <laughs> These are things people have mentioned before. Drink drink lots of water? No. Um, Loot early I, and often. Early and often. <laughs> Whatever you're hey guys, doing. colon health. It's no joke. <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke, but it's still very important. <laughs> it's both. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go on the show. You guys wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah.